Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Luke of Voices of Reasons. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And it's Friday. Oh, it's Friday. November 4th in the year 2022. We should all be happy it's Friday. That means tomorrow's Saturday and you can do whatever you want to do, like run up the hills and get exercise or, or move cattle around if you want to do that. Hmm, might be doing that, you know, those sorts of things. Hey, Patriots, before we begin, you want to make sure you're taking good care of your wealth and in a way that makes your paper wealth become tangible wealth that you can hold and be secure with. Patriots, as you know, the stock market has been in absolute turmoil. And with that also comes an increase in the consumer price index. Inflation is on the rise. So if you're wondering what our illustrious leader is doing to quell the surge of inflation that's destroying American families, you know as well as I do. They're spending more money and adding more burden to the debt, effectively nothing. Don't bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated. Do something about it. Text BARDS to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out. Text BARDS to 989898. Again, that's BARDS to 989898. And secure your future with Birch Gold. Do it today. And as we are heading into this crazy season, which is like next week, I guess we're going to have the, the vote of a lifetime that everybody's excited about that won't change anything, but you can be, you can well be anticipating a crazy bunch of drama, but with that, there's going to be little other things happening. If you're not paying attention, like diesel fuels running out, that's kind of a big one. Diesel shortages are now real. And that means food supplies are going to be affected. That means when you go to the grocery store, there might be things not there anymore. And for those that aren't prepared, that could mean a little bit of panic and a little bit of insanity. So don't be that way. That's why we have Patriot Supply, My Patriot Supply. You go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, and you'll get 20% off on a three-month supply of food, which is for one person that covers breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and drinks, and it has a 20-year shelf life. It's fantastic. You need to get one for every member of your family. You get 20% off when you go to preparewithbards.com, you get free shipping with that, and it comes in unmarked boxes, which is super important. And with these unknown times, and there are many unknown times, 
it might be a tornado, which they had a tornado warning today in Texas. It might be a hurricane. It could be a volcano. It could be an earthquake. It just could be the lunatics that are out, out of the asylum running around the streets burning things down. Not that we've ever seen anything like that, especially around an election. Be prepared. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, and take advantage of this amazing sale and savings for Bards Nation. 20% off on a three-month supply of food. Gives one person enough food for all three months. 20-year shelf life. You have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Take care of that. Get one for every member of the family, and you have total security. It's good. So, Patriots, tonight we have a very special guest. His name is Luke. He runs the channel Voices of Reason, or Voice of Reasons, excuse me, Voice of Reasons, V-O-R. And I've played some of his things here before on the show, and I found him on TikTok. He is he's a person that has been proving the absolute truth of the Bible by showing everybody who believes in science how they're the ones that have been fooled. Super smart on topics, has been doing this for 20 years, has a super interesting story, and is running after Jesus with a passion for life. Wonderful person, super excited to have you hear him. And so without further ado, let's introduce Luke from VOR. Well, Patriots, I am really excited today about having Luke from Voice of Reasons on. You have heard his pieces, and I've played them a number of times on the show, clips from TikTok. And I will tell you, honestly, he's one of the most aggressive minds we have out here right now in proving that the Bible is absolutely real. And he's coming at it from real science and research. And so it's a real honor to have him on. Luke, welcome on. How are you? Scott, I, uh, I appreciate you having me on, brother. I appreciate that you've shared the content and that intro. Uh, I'm not worthy. Like Wayne and Garth, I'm not worthy, but thank you. Absolutely, man. It's just, it's your stuff is great. I've enjoyed it. I've used it on the show and it's, it's really exciting to have a refreshing angle coming at the Bible like you do, because I know by your own testimony, you've talked about how you didn't start there. You started more. I think you said, I think I even read in your bio, your dad was an atheist. So why don't you give us a little background on yourself? So, uh, God works in mysterious ways and he, uh, he loves to call the unqualified. Uh, and that's really exciting, especially in 2022, where uh, the information is in everybody's hands now. Uh, you know, I really believe that the control system works through multi levels of certification. You know, if you if you go through theology, you know, through seminar, uh, sorry, seminary, and then you go through you know master's level science or whatever, you're going to have a hard time coming out of there thinking critically and definitely believing in the Bible. Like that's going to be believing in the validity of the Bible. Like even in seminaries, there's a uh, you know, biblically minimalist kind of viewpoint. The secular world is just, there's no Moses. You can't trust it. The, you know, the universe is 14 billion years old or whatever. So with with what I'm doing, uh, I made a promise to God. I had a bunch of trauma in my life. You mentioned my dad. He was murdered when I was 17. Uh, my mom uh, had a brain tumor and died when I was about 22. Uh, so my mom being really a fanatical Christian, you know, she she had a Christophany. She met Jesus. But before that, she was a witch. So my mom was a witch. Uh, who found Jesus and who raised us in like a really um, kind of an intense way. Uh, you know, Jesus is real. Uh, when I was in my snowboarding career, I got, I'd get injured. I was a professional snowboarder and she'd say, you know, is, did you, did you piss God off basically? Like what, what happened here? So kind of an intense teenage years 
understanding that Jesus is real and watching me. Well, then when my dad dies, and my mom dies, I walked away. A lot of people would do that. And uh, what started to pull me back was looking at the intricacy of the design of this universe. The first thing really was the moon. I was looking at the moon and, you know, the sun and the moon are the same size in the sky, but the sun is obviously a nuclear reaction and provides all the energy for the earth in this closed system. And then the moon is uh, exactly the same size, but made of reflective dust. And it goes through this 30 day cycle in the sky where anybody anywhere on the earth can basically know what day of the month it is because of this waxing and waning cycle. And uh, I just, I'm like, okay, maybe we're in a design to order. I started kind of reconciling back with God. And then I just, I don't really hear from God, but I just, I, I say, how do I trust you? How do I trust your word? We've seen science. We see this, you know, evolution, whatever. And the challenge was trust the word first, trust the Bible first and make uh, science disprove it. And that was probably 2002 for me. So I'm almost 20 years and I've looked hard. I looked as a skeptic, as an atheist, and every day the Bible is being proven more and more valid. They keep coming up with better instrumentation, Large Hadron Collider, a James Webb Space Telescope, uh, and everything that we're seeing is validating the biblical account. And, and the scientists are running around going, well, this totally contradicts what we believe. This doesn't make any sense. You know, they, they used to teach convergent evolution. Man was evolving all over the world. And then they find mitochondrial Eve. Were related to one woman, and then they find Y chromosomal Adam, and then they run computer simulations, and it turns out that they lived maybe 7,500, 6,500 years ago. This is all information that the scientists didn't want. And I, being in information right now, that's our commodity, and making content. Uh, God is blessed. I work full time diving into this research, and it is just getting me closer and closer to trusting the word. Uh, basically, uh, I want to say 100% because we have to have a level of belief. But I just did this whole deep dive on Mount Sinai. I don't know if you saw that video. It's got a couple million views between the different platforms. And this Exodus trail really potentially validates that this Moses thing and the Jewish people wandering through Arabia happened. And when I was going through making this piece, I was losing some faith in it. There's, uh, sorry, I'm rambling, but there's a uh, there's a uh, the Nueva Beach Crossing site is 1,800 foot, uh, 2,200 foot deep. And I'm going, how did the Jewish people go down in here? That's that's like a ski area. I grew up in Colorado. That's like going down an entire ski area into this great deep, uh, you know, crossing. And I'm like debating this guy, Dan McClellan on, on uh, TikTok. And I'm losing faith. And I'm like, God, what am I doing? And he gives me a scripture in Isaiah. God walked the Jews into the crossing, into the great deep, the depths of the ocean. And I'm like losing faith because of how deep it is. And now immediately the deeper it is, the better it is because the Bible talked about this. So I've been privileged to just dive into this. And uh, I have so much confidence in what scripture says. And I believe very empirically that uh, this is our history, right? This is how we got here. This is how the universe got here. And those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And so if there is a God and there is a devil and the devil, according to Jesus, is the father of lies. And he said, even in the garden, he said, uh, to Eve, did God really say that? He wanted. He, he knew that Eve needed to question the word of God to be able to, you know, have them take the bait. So the enemy of God is using what I call science, uh, pseudoscience, and misinformation to write God out of His story. And when you write God out of His story, we're lost. We're suffering from amnesia, right? So we're suffering from amnesia. We're going to uh, repeat our history. And what was our history? We had this global civilization, one world order, secular order that God judged. And then right after Babylon, they start rebuilding the same thing again. And now today you've gotten Yuval Noah Harari 
saying basically the same thing. So it's the devil knows what's going on. He knows the true nature of reality. He's hiding the truth from us. He's making Christianity inert. He's getting us to be atheists because if you're an atheist, you what serve the somebody. You're going to serve somebody, so you serve the state. Doesn't matter if it's China. This progressive thing going on now. They're getting God out of there. We're worshiping the state. We don't know our identity. We don't understand what's going on. And what I'm trying to do with VOR is, as long as I have a voice to do it, give Christians confidence, make atheists think, and validating the word of God. Dude, that's just awesome. I mean it. That is, I, I love the fact that you're so solid in, and I you are really solid in your science. One of the things I do talk about, and I've mentioned on this channel, I re- reference the point that we're quantum souls. Can you dig into that a little bit? Oh boy, this is going to go uh, down quite the rabbit hole. Okay, so the uh, the quantum uh, nature of this reality is is one of these things that the instrumentation has revealed that the secular world just is running from. Even Einstein, uh, interesting. If you study the the kind of the, the history of of science, we had Newton who loved God. Uh, Isaac Newton uh, did did very good science. Was a very good scientist. Uh, and he did his science based on the idea that we are in a created order and that the uh, order was created by the God of the Bible. Well, Newtonian physics explains how things work. This is how uh, you know we get rockets off the earth. This is how planes are in, in flight. This is how everything works. Well, Einstein comes along and he needs to get rid of Newtonian physics and the science uh, industry uh, embraces Einstein and the special relativity and Einsteinian physics and kind of gets rid of Newton. Well, Einstein was around during the Copenhagen interpretation uh, of quantum physics that happened in Copenhagen, uh, you know, early like 1920s or something like that. This is Neil Bohr and all the quantum physicists. They're trying to define what this thing is they're figuring out. And Einstein hated it. Einstein hated two things. He hated the Big Bang. He said it was an abomination. We wanted a steady state universe. This idea that the beginning, there was a beginning, you know, that validates Genesis, right? In the beginning, they wanted to believe in a steady universe. And then he called quantum physics uh, spooky action at a distance. And he's, he ruined his, uh, ruined is, is probably the wrong word, but he wasted the latter part of his career trying to reconcile uh, quantum physics with his Einsteinian physics. It was called unified field theory. And he blew it. it and he even said at the end of his life, he goes, Man, I wasted that. And I was a bad scientist because I wasn't rigorously rigorously skeptical. What I was was defending my worldview and trying to make the data fit it, which the what I call the priests of the religion of science are this is their modus operandi. This is what they do. They take the data and fit it in their worldview. Anyways, when quantum physics came out, it changes our entire reality because at the level that we can't see how the mechanism of the universe operates, uh, it's reactive to human consciousness. The uh, particles are in a state of potentiality. It's called a state of superposition. And they exist in this in undetermined state until a human mind interacts with it. And then it determines the state. Well, this gets, I mean, immediately think of Jesus talking about, you know, get up. You have to believe this as you, as you think. So it is, you know, uh, all of this kind of miraculous thing where he was really imparting uh, this idea that the conscious observer had to uh, interact with it. They couldn't just, he couldn't do it to them. He, they had to believe and buy into this. Well, with this idea then that the particles are in a state of superposition and the, the user determines the state, the whole reality isn't this accidental, uh, you know, the universe exploded itself into existence. The universe created the earth, the earth created man, 
uh, man is just an animal, you know, we're killing the earth, all of these kind of narratives that are coming up. It rewrites it and it says that what we are in is much more complicated than what is called material side, the, the material view. There's a, a, this old uh, debate, philosophic debate, idealism versus materialism. Uh, Plato and Democritus used to have this discussion 2000 years ago, and it was one of these two statements is true. Either the uh, a consciousness created this material reality or this material reality through some process we can't even imagine it created consciousness which of those is true well when you look at quantum physics it's as though a uh, conscious mind created this and how the particles work and so if this is what the reality really is science can't disclose this because if you think of the movie the matrix uh, the matrix Neo figures out that he's in a simulated reality. And when he figures this out, he is going to take the system down from the inside. So if you do a thought experiment and you imagined uh, what the school system in the matrix would look like, uh, you know, teaching the children, would it benefit the system, you know, these, this computer, these robots, the agent Smiths to say, hey, guys, if you really figure this out, you can control reality. Everybody go do it. No, because they would quickly, that would be their demise. So what they would teach the children is the universe is an accident. You're an accident. You're just an animal. Like if you, the theory of evolution is antithetical to everything Jesus said, survival of the fittest, Jesus said survival of the meekest. We're made in the image of God, not a, a mutated animal. So quantum physics is breaking that, that, that dynamic and really through the suppression of information and not teaching this in science class, you know, people aren't getting to understand what's really going on, but actual science is validating that it looks like we are in an intelligently designed order and humankind, the consciousness of man is implicit in the outcome. That's fantastic. So you have spent now 20 years coming from an outside perspective, and we just literally went from there to the whole point you just said that it's an intelligent design and human consciousness is integral to it. God exists. The Bible's our history. And what has been your process? Did you just start at the beginning of the Bible and move forward, or did you take specific science issues and challenge and make make them try to stand up to the Bible? Oh, I'm not nearly that. Uh that methodical <clears throat> or organized it's a little bit more of a like manic crazy process whatever it is that i'm doing here but uh it, I, I always kind of had a ministry uh, you know i I'm, i consider myself a religious that might upset some people but what i mean by that is i think that the devil has used religion as part of the control system i mean if you look at what jesus opposed when he was on the earth a big part of what he opposed was the religious system because they weren't it wasn't about god it was about you know politics and, and status and, you know, feel good or whatever. So uh, I'm a Christian. Uh, absolutely. I, I do my best. I'm a sinner, but I do my best to follow Christ, but uh, I'm not uh, religious particularly. And so when I was uh, younger, I would still, I would tell my friends about Jesus and, you know, led a, a lot of my friends to Jesus. And so I, I had this kind of undercover thing that I was doing, but I never imagined doing it like uh, on any kind of like uh, you know, I don't know, say professional, but you know, uh, career level or anything. Well, in 2019, uh, I was re so I was in the golf industry for, for almost 20 years. Uh, and a lot of health issues related to stress, managing people is not my forte. Uh, always kind of beat myself up about it. So while I'm in the golf industry, I'm doing all of this research. I didn't realize what God was preparing me for, but hours and hours and hours and hours of lectures. And just, I couldn't get enough information. I wasn't a great reader uh, when I was younger in school. So I did pretty well, but once I started consuming information audially, I just couldn't get enough of it. My brain was just, you know, starving for this information. So I'm doing all this research and I ended up 
researching the simulation hypothesis, which is the idea that we're in a simulation, uh, you know, kind of something like the matrix. And I was researching the Bible code. If you're familiar with Michael Drosnan's work came out in the mid nineties, this idea that there's a hidden code in the Torah, even Newton was really excited about it. So working on these two different ideas at the same time, I had this epiphany. I had this moment where I called my wife and I go, it's a simulated reality. And the software code is the Torah. It's the, it's, and I didn't understand it really, but you know, John one in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God and everything that was made was made by the word. You get this new idea that the word of God is creating this reality. So I, I, I call up my filmmaker friend and I go, uh, I want to make a documentary that we're in a simulation of the Bible's software code. He's like, you're crazy. You're going to have to do this on your own, buddy. Nobody's going to take this thing. I'm like, well, I don't make content. So I, I was a musician. So I had a mic and I had some editing software and I started cobbling this together. It's a documentary called The Operating System. I made it in 2019. And uh, in this process, I fell in love with content and I realized the, the power of taking this information, which is the purpose of why we're here, how we got here, what we're doing here. You know, this whole thing is surrounded, uh, centered around Jesus and the Bible, and then uh, applying it to kind of a cinematic, uh, you know, uh, film style presentation. Um, and so I fell in love with the idea. So then what happens is in uh, 2020, my, my amazing wife goes, you know, this job's literally killing you. Uh, I believe in you. We sold everything we had. We lived in Denver. We moved across the country to Northern Maine, bought a little crappy old farm home and uh, <clears throat> started working on content full time. Well, this is right at the height of the pandemic. Uh, and I didn't think I thought I could make a conspiracy channel. That was my goal. Well, immediately I start getting shut down on YouTube. My wife's on TikTok. She goes, you got to come TikTok. And I'm like, I'm not a teen. I'm not working. I'm not going to go on TikTok. So she pulls me into TikTok. And in, I don't know, six weeks, I just, I hit my, um, I hit my stride with these one minute pieces trying to, I'm just rambling, but I, I've got all this stuff in my mind to try to consolidate it into a one minute cogent, uh, video and package it and send it out. <clears throat> it took off immediately. So, uh, first account gets shut down. I'm more into conspiracy at that point. So with the second account, we really turn the, uh, attention to the bigger conspiracy, which is them hiding God. And so my workflow isn't uh, organized you know, sometimes it's uh, uh, motivated by something going on. Like I did a series on the James Webb Space Telescope and that they looked deep into the universe and expected with their time machine to see the beginning of the universe, but they end up seeing a fully formed universe, which an astrophysicist, young earth creationist named Jason Lyle had predicted. So I ended up making a James Webb Space Telescope uh, uh, video. And then the Yuval Noah Harari video that you made, you know, he's running around at Davos or whatever, all these different places saying God is dead and we're the creators now and we're going to guide evolution. We don't need God. So kind of like if something pops up that's trending, uh, I look into, um, and then I've got a list of hundreds and hundreds of ideas. You know, the videos that you've seen, the Adam's rib, uh, the mitochondrial Eve thing, the Exodus video, these are videos that I have been wanting to make. So if I run out of something in real time that I can't work on, I just go to the list and uh, we, we center on something. I take the research, the base research that I've known, uh, modernize it, make sure that everything's good. All my sources are always going to be secular. You'll never see me quote answers in Genesis or Kent Hovind or anything like that. I go to nature magazine, science magazine, and just try to break this down in a, in a palatable way in a one minute piece that will, uh, you know, get as many eyeballs as possible. You said something at the beginning that you were challenged to make science disprove the Bible. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, after all the uh, trauma that I went to, and when I started 
because uh, if anybody's gone through, like been born again and gone through adolescence and gone through all those hormonal things and girlfriends and whatever, all those different things, it's really trying. So uh, when I walked away from God, I was sort of like pretty relieved. You know, I don't have to worry about what I'm doing. I can just do whatever I want to do without wealth. Crowley would have been really proud. Um, and uh, God pulls me back in gently. He, he, he knows how to work with me. He's very gracious with me. And, uh, you know, I start reconciling. I go, okay, I'm taught evolution. I'm taught Big Bang. The Bible says this. How, how do I reconcile these? And I don't hear from God normally. I don't like to say God told me, but I, I hear this promise, which is trust the word first and make science disprove it. And uh, basically, the feeling I had was if science disproves it, I was like, let off. Like, let, like, okay, fine. It was disproven. So I set off on this, you know, I don't know, 16, 18 years ago. And, you know, back then, you didn't have the internet like we have. We didn't have the information we did. But whether it was the Bible code or whatever kind of apologetic stuff was going on, uh, I started seeing that science hadn't disproven the Bible. And then I started looking closer, and I saw that science was proving the Bible. And then I saw that they were spinning this fairy tale narrative uh, very convincingly through controlling the information uh, to basically write God out of his story. And so the 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 goal here is I do have a bias and I debate atheists for hours and hours and hours a week on my live show on TikTok, but uh, I have a bias and that's that the Bible is is real. But I can tell you looking through this filter critically and analyzing the data, the Bible's coming up in spades, man. It is, is so, and it's so exciting because they keep reinventing bigger and better telescopes and microscopes and large hadron colliders, and they keep getting the same answer. It looks like we're in a designed order. There's some really critical thinking scientists like uh, Sabine uh, Hofstetter, who's a particle physicist. And these, there's a whole scientific community that's coming up going, the standard model's dead. What Einstein taught, the Darwinian model, these things are in serious trouble. Uh, so we're in a time right now, and, and it, it almost makes me feel like with Jesus and, the, and Doubting Thomas, um, you know, many uh, thousand people, uh, many thousand years, actually, we didn't have evidence about the Exodus trail. So people just had to believe blindly. But today, with the information exploding like it is, we have more reason to believe scripture than I would say maybe ever just scientifically the the, the designed order that we're in is being validated. So God made that promise, uh, promise to me. And uh, I'm, I, I can't, my confidence level is so high. And I'm just excited about whatever the next thing he's going to show us is. Because if we think critically and look at this world, that it's created, it's screaming, it's everywhere. It's like this dam, it's behind, there's just water behind this wall and the secularists are trying to keep the information out. No, 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 not Adam and Eve didn't come from the Fertile Crescent. No, the universe wasn't created. No, it was. And then the, the, the water is just starting to come through these cracks. They're putting their fingers in all these holes and this water is just coming out. And we need, we need young minds. We need all minds to think critically, believe the Bible and dive into the science because it is there and we can trust we can trust the bible that's fantastic one of the greatest things that the devil has done is to convince people either one that he does not exist or two that he has no power that's particularly prevalent in a lot of the churches especially with the principle of christ being crucified and sins being forgiven what's your comments on those the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. One of the greatest lines in one of the greatest movies ever. Uh, people, people need to take that seriously uh, because, you know, we kind of have a churchianity thing going on where people, uh, Christians largely just live like everybody else in the world and they go to church for an hour and they say Jesus a lot and uh, they feel like they're doing their due diligence. Well, Jesus was radical and he was 
he was fighting demons and he was, you know, uh, denying Satan. Uh, he, he was taken up to a high place by Satan showing all the kingdoms of the world. And Satan said, if you bow your knee to me, I will put you in charge of this whole world system. Okay, well, Jesus was a real historical figure. If Jesus is who we believe he is, Satan was – we see right there the uh, the, the way the, – the hierarchy of the system. The devil's at the top of it, and he's going to come and tempt people that are willing to bow a knee to him. And uh, Jesus, who is the second Adam – it's a really cool study that I'm working on with this idea. It's not my idea. Everybody knows this uh, if you've studied scripture more than just a topical level. But you know, in the Bible, there's all these stories where – God intended for the firstborn to have the kingdom, and they blow it, and the secondborn gets it. Uh, and this happened with Adam. Uh, the, the serpent tempted Adam, and he took the bait. And then the serpent tempted Jesus, the second Adam, and he didn't, he didn't take the bait. But we understand that the devil's a real figure, and he runs the world system. So if he runs the system, uh, he's got to do a couple things. He's got to convince people they can't trust the Bible. And then he's got to convince people that Jesus didn't handle what he handled on the cross. And if you can think about uh, Israel uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus was a phenomenon, okay? Josephus was talking about him, Pliny, Tacitus. He was a real historical figure, and the Jews were looking for a Messiah. So here's Jesus, the Messiah, and the Jewish people loved him, and they're like, wow, that's not what we expected, but this guy's Messiah. Well, then he dies like a criminal on the cross, and these people are just, you know, what, what, what do you do with this? We thought he was Messiah. Now he's dying. Um, the religious control system, which was at that time also in league with the government and the banking system and the media, whatever media was at the time, they took this opportunity to uh, disparage Jesus and to try to thwart this, uh, what was a revolution that came. And as soon as the devil realized he had made the ultimate mistake and had lost to God, Jesus defeated him and had the keys of heaven and hell now. He went on the most extensive propaganda campaign ever to uh, marginalize this thing that Jesus had done because he can't stop what Jesus did, but he can change the narrative and get people to not believe in it. If you don't believe in it, it does have no effect. So the devil's slick, uh, unfortunately, as the father of lies, he's been at this for a long time. He knows our parents. He knows our grandparents. Epigenetics is a thing. Generational curses are a thing. Um, these people who decide to bow a knee to Satan have uh, an um, unfair advantage in, in control and getting wealth and having health and these things because Satan understands how the universe works. Either he was there uh, before he had turned and maybe he you know saw the mechanism, whatever. Um, so these people that do get in line with Satan uh, end up learning about quantum physics and manifestation and how the universe works uh, and how important what we say is. You know, when Jesus said something like, it's not what you eat, it's what you say matters because what you say comes from the heart. I mean, it turns out that the heart is like probably vitally implicit. The system says uh, your heart is just a muscle and your brain is just a chemical reaction. No, the heart is something else, something quantum physical. And these there's residual memory stored in it. It has, has a memory capacity, which is crazy. So when Jesus said, what comes out of your heart, which is a manifestation of what you believe, uh, it, what you say, that's what matters. Well, these people know that, so they don't say the wrong things. Christians curse themselves all the time. Everybody's stuck on, uh, we don't want to curse, right? So they don't say the S word. Well, that's not cursing, that's cussing. Cursing is, you know, oh, I'm sick of this. I, you know, using your mouth to, you know, curses about my children and say, oh, you'll never amount to anything, you know, whatever dumb things that we say. The, the elites don't say these things. They know what they say matters. When they go out in public and they make a, 
they, they get everybody to watch whatever it is, the Super Bowl or whatever, all these things. And everybody's in this trance and they're, you know, in unison saying this thing, it has an effect. Uh, so the devil knows these kind of things and he uses this for the people that go to work for him. Meanwhile, Christianity, uh, we're afraid of it. And, and for the right reason, because it's been very witchy and esoteric and new agey, but we've been made inert because we've been told it doesn't operate like it does. And then the people that work for him are told how it really operates. And they use that like a rigged casino against us. And it's an excellent analogy right there. The occult works first from the spiritual and then brings, does their work to manifest things into the physical. Christians, to a large degree, start in this dirt world and this in their meat sack, which is the body, and then they try to figure out how they can get to heaven. So it's reversed. It's an absolute inversion. How does that tie in with this quantum concept, in particular quantum entanglement? Because the, the occultists are big on quantum entanglement. That's where they get their curses. This is how they are. They try to work their, their quote, magic. Can you give us, people, a little explanation about quantum entanglement and how this all ties together? Yeah, this is going to be a long rant, so I have to <clears throat> ask you to interrupt me if I'm too far in the weeds here or you have something you want to uh, interject. But uh, the first thing I would say, I'll make a, a slight correction. You said a meat suit. And I, I call it a, a dirt suit. <laughs> the Bible says that, uh, that, that Adam was built out of the dirt and we find out uh, that our, you know, our element uh, composition is entirely dirt, magnesium, potassium, carbon, all, all these things. So uh, I, I make uh, on my TikTok video, I said uh, that we are avatars inhabiting an earth suit. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, our consciousness is inhabiting an earth suit avatar. And I think that's kind of one way to think about it with, with the, the movie avatar, you know, the guy was disabled and he would get into the pod and he'd drive these things. So I think that we kind of, in a similar way, and I'm not trying to get woo-woo here, but in a similar way, our consciousness is eternal. You know, when we when our uh, Earth suit uh, shuts off, uh, we're we're in the presence of God, or you know, we're eternal. We're already eternal, but we have this finite amount of time in this dirt suit. So, um, as far as how it would work quantum physically, uh, and again, this is it can be a long-winded thing, but um, if you think about how a video game works, um, a video game can't render an entire 3d immersive world at one time it's too much computation too much uh, computer power so what it does is the game exists uh, in a set of potentialities uh, if you, do you remember the choose your own adventure novels when we were kids mm -hmm. but the, 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 those uh, results were written into the book already you know you go left this happens you go right that happens so what you have uh, quantum physically is a the infinite amount of potentialities and then you have the conscious uh, user, which in this analogy, we'll say the game player, as they interact with this reality, it renders around their consciousness. So what ends up happening is you, uh, let's say in Grand Theft Auto, you know, it's Liberty City is this big world, whatever. The only thing that's going to be generated is what is in the, the view of the game player. So something way out in the distance isn't uh, rendered at this point, but it's sitting there in a state of potentiality. And then you go and you interact with it and then it uh, becomes tangible or whatever it renders. So I think that this reality science, I think is saying that this is very similar to what's happening here. So then what you have is this uh, potentiality, this um, um, information based construct that we're all uh, existing in. And, and we've, we've learned some of the kind of the fundamental uh, operations of it. So 
One of them is uh, particles being in a state of superposition. Another one is uh, non-locality uh, quantum entanglement. Um, to give you an idea how bizarre this gets, uh, there was a, a theoretical physicist named Wigner. And Wigner said, what if, what if, so Scott and I are in a room and what if I go and observe a particle? Well, it's in a state of superposition until I go and I observe it. When I go and observe it, it, it let's say it goes up or down, it's, it orients, you know, it's, it's not exactly how that works, but uh, I go and I observe it and it, it orients to up. Well, in the same situation, you have yet to observe that particle. So it, have I collapsed that particle uh, and it's collapsed for you, meaning that I collapse your particle for you? Or he postulated, what if it's become determined in its state because I observed it, but for you, it's still in a state of superposition. This would break everything. He theorized it's called the Wigner experiment. And then uh, recently, uh, theoretical physicists quantum physicists ran the uh, experiment and validated it, which means that the same particle can be in one state of orientation for me and different for you. This is radically changing kind of uh, fundamentally what we understand about science. It could literally mean that my reality is different than yours. Now, I don't want to get too woo-woo-y with this, but the point of this is this reality is complicated. And as we dive further into how it works, uh, the, the consciousness of man is implicit in the outcome. And so the, the system, uh, I call it the system, but the secular humanist materialist new world order system that we're seeing, uh, which is nothing new. It's nothing new under the sun. You know, this is what happened before the flood. Um, this is what they're trying to do in Babel. It's happening again. They know this. And so uh, what the spells, you know, you mentioned spells, uh, frequencies, um, there's different kind of ways, different ways to program us to uh, basically stop our interaction in a way where we could, uh, let's say, be healthy all the time. You know, something called quantum health is coming, quantum biology, where, you know, at a base level, your immune system is going to be able to ward off anything. There's a guy, Wim Hof, who, uh, you know, through like ice baths and breathing has like scientifically stopped uh, uh, staph infections. Uh, he's been underwater for eight minutes and, uh, you know, his, blood, his uh, body temperature doesn't go down. He's controlling this thing with his mind. And so do I say you should go control things with your mind? No, I think it's very important that you were calibrated and linked up just like a speaker you're trying to link up in Bluetooth, link up to Jesus. This is if, if you lose Jesus in this, if you lose that we're serving the living God, it's all for nothing. But the people in charge, doesn't matter if it's Tony Robbins or Schwab or any of these guys, they know that if they follow a certain methodology, they use a, you could call it magic, but just a access the technology that we don't have, they can stay uh, in power while we stay sick and poor. And you can't fight if you're sick and poor. And if you're sick and poor, uh, you're, you get mad at God and why me and all these things. Um, so at the 30,000 foot level, um, it's it's just controlling the mechanism of the universe. But uh, I could get, there's a really cool thing about non-locality. Would you like me to go into that or do you want to jump in? Well, I want to expand on this just a little bit because I want to make this, I want to bring this into the kind of the focal point of one of the things that I've touched on recently, which is prayer. And you just touched on it with Tony Robbins and Klaus Schwab. We live in a Babylonian system mm -hmm. and scripturally we can't bring the Babylonian system into heaven. That's, that's a corrupted system. Right. And yet we have prayers that are constantly doing this. Uh, God, can you please help me pay this bill? God, can you please deliver me uh, the money to pay my mortgage, as an example? Mm. So 
the thing is that when you study the occult, and I'll, and I'm going to, on the outer edge of that are the people like Tony Robbins. They're tapping into this very real, tangible, material outcome in their prayer and worship. It's a, And I've studied it enough to know that they, they literally do these mantras and these constant mental projection cycles, and it all builds on that do what thou wilt, Aleister Crowley's concept, which is I can have and deserve anything in the universe. Yep. So this to me gets into this quantum entanglement because it's a very fine thread we walk between stepping into being, quote, rewarded, and I'll use this very loosely, in prayer by the Luciferian Satan side, thinking it's God, when it, rather than being walking that path that God leads us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's, that's really heavy. And I think it, um, I think it leads to the bigger reprogramming uh, of our minds to not understand this reality. Uh, I really hit on with my YouTube channel and TikTok last year, the repurposing of God's order. And at the base level, at the very first, you know, contact point from our consciousness to this reality, we misunderstand what this reality is and who we are. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a story in scripture of Jacob and Esau, and he sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. And uh, this idea that, you know, God has this birthright for you, this intention for you, but you exchange it for like some sort of consumer thing or a meal or whatever. What Jesus was very uh, specific, and I, and I don't say this to encourage people to quit their jobs. I understand that's not necessarily the answer, but he required his disciples to walk away from their status, their identity, their 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 residual self-image uh, projection of their, you know, their person. Who are you? I'm John Smith, the firefighter. I live at 345, you know, Main Street, whatever. Uh, he pulled them out of that. And he goes, you know, you're going to serve me. You're going to work for the kingdom. And these things of the world don't particularly matter. And what's interesting is, um, you know, the the render on, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And then the next level of this, like what was Jesus actually saying there? Every word is fractally deep with information. There's like the, the topical level, and then you can keep going down. You have to be very careful because next thing you know, you're in like Kabbalism, which you can't you can't do. But the, the information is 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 not just the topical layer of information. This the scripture is maybe infinite levels, twelve dimensions deep, and there's there's uh, time. It's like it's like how DNA is deco- uh, encoded. Uh, it's encoded in time, and it's encoded in, in a three dimensional shape. And all these different kinds of things. The scripture, I think, is very much the same way. Anyway, so render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, also uh, this world system that the devil runs that Jesus opposed and and didn't consent to. Um, the, it's as though you actually consent into it by by buying into what you're talking about. You know, being fully immersed in it. You know, associated with 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 your uh, employment and your you know your your mortgage and all these different kind of things. So I would say at like at the most base level possible, we're here to find, know, and serve God. Like that's the that's our that's our directive. Uh, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. Everything we see, it's clearly a designed order. Who created this? It's the God of the Bible. How do I serve you, King? This is the idea. But we instead, it's uh, you know, you're, you're indoctrinated from a child. You know, uh, parents think they do a good job by dropping their child in pre pre K. Uh, they think they do a really good job if they get them a college education. You know, th- this whole th- this whole thing is I'm a good parent if I basically hand my child over to the system, and the uh, the children are basically 
uh, reformed in the image of the system by going through this indoctrination. I know that's very heavy, but it's, um, I would encourage people to uh, really, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get like really preachy here, but you know, when you go to bed tonight, get on your knees and tell God, uh, what do you want me to do? And I repent and I bought into this thing and, and show me, show me what you want me to do. Um, because yeah, if you're praying for, um, X thing in the system, in a sense, that is your focus. And I love that you said it's the Babylonian system. Uh, it is, you know, we, we know the spirit of Babel and, and mystery Babel and this mystery religion. Well, why is it a mystery? Well, because you're doing it with your children and you didn't even know it. <laughs> that that's pretty mysterious. You didn't realize you were practicing, uh, this, this religious system. So, um, yes, prayers is, is important. What you think is important. And, and at the base level, understanding that, you know, you were lied to, uh, and I believe this, obviously I don't know empirically, but you were lied to about how the universe got here, what it's doing here and who you are. You're a son of Adam. You, you're a child of the most high made in the image of God. And this is much more important than your truck payment and much more important than your, you know, whatever input, whatever worldly thing that you've attributed importance to. And the more that we do kind of focus on that, the further we get away from, you know, these amazing things that God has for us. So these, these, these characters in scripture, Abraham, Moses, David, they didn't manage their life really well. They, they had faith. They believed the word of God. They believed God and God had him do all these really big things. So uh, yes, with prayer, um, it's important to pray. But uh, Spoiler alert, God does know what you need. Maybe spend less time praying and more time praising, you know, so getting into uh, trying to understand God and seeking his face instead of just this laundry list of things that you need from him. Oh, that's really well said. And right in line with so much of what we talk about here on the channel. So really good, Luke. I really like it. There is um, some stuff that you've talked about recently I wanted to touch on, and in part because I you had me laughing. It's this lunacy of this trying to make science fit into a the literal square peg round hole. Uh, you mentioned, uh, let's see, monkeys on rafts and uh, and octopuses on on asteroids. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh man. Okay. So when you see it, when and it's hard to see because you know when you were a child and you trusted the person telling you this, your teacher, Bill Nye. Let's say uh, he, you had no reason, you had no context as a five-year-old to question this adult. They're big. They can drive cars. They know. Um, so you were taught this at a base level of your consciousness. You know, if you've researched guys like Bruce Lipton and you understand how much of your consciousness is programmed by the age of seven. Um, so this reality is literally programmed and ingrained into our subconscious. So I get that it's hard to, to forfeit, but when you do, let me just, it's, I didn't make notes on this, but let me see if I can kind of put this together. This is what they've forced you to believe. Okay. This is what, uh, when I debate atheists for hours and hours and hours, uh, I, it doesn't matter uh, 900 people in the room, 9,000 people in the room. Kenneth Leonard is a big atheist guy that uh, I had a debate with. He's got a atheist experience. Uh, these people all believe this uh, fairy tale, I call it. And it's, it goes like this. There was nothing and an explosion happened. We don't know what exploded and it created everything. I know they try to tell you that it's not uh, an explosion. It's just an expansion but it violates the first law of thermodynamics. There's no such thing as creation of energy and only transfers forms. So you immediately have to, in a cognitive dissonance kind of way, disbelieve what you understand about how reality actually works. Things don't, 
you know, just appear. They just don't vamp into existence. So the, the, everything had vamped into existence, the whole universe. And that's only part of the problem because the universe is finely tuned. And what that means is the cosmologic constants, the, the speed of, of uh, photons, the, the gravitational attraction, or sorry, the speed of light, the gravitational attraction, uh, the weight of protons, all these things that we can measure, they all had to be perfect. And if they weren't perfect, we wouldn't have gotten a universe in the first place. It would have been a heat death. It would have quickly expanded. It wouldn't have congealed, whatever. So the guys like Brian Greene, and these, these are who I call the priests of the religion of science, but these are the guys who have a voice as a very strong neo-Darwinian militant atheist faction represented in pop science uh, in order to explain this fine-tuned universe. Because if you look at this objectively, you go, wow, something designed, it's perfectly designed. No, uh, they have a workaround. It's called the multiverse. The multiverse is an infinite amount of universes. Because if you have an infinite amount of universes and every possible outcome and every variable, uh, potential variable, of these cosmologic constants, that means that eventually you're going to have one that happens to be perfect and we're in it. So they don't just believe that one universe happened. They believe that an infinite amount of, so like the Big Bang is actually not a problem for them because they have an infinite amount of Big Bangs. So they teach you uh, that everything came from nothing, an infinite amount of universes. They teach you that the uh, Earth obviously formed uh, and in the same basic locale, the moon uh, was brought in. Well, the earth is covered in water. Where did the water come from? Guess what? Comets. They always, whenever they don't have an answer, they say comets. So something exploded with all the water and the water flew to the earth. And that's how we got all of our water, but it didn't get on the moon. The moon is made of reflective dust somehow. We don't particularly know how that works. Um, comets themselves only last 10,000 years because they burn out. Why you see a tail on a comet is it's being utterly destroyed. So they go, well, how do we see comets if the universe is 13 billion years old? Well, they make up a whole thing called the Oort cloud, and it's totally make-believe. They say there's a spherical disk of ice on the outside of the, uh, outside of the solar system spitting comets in, but they can't observe it. It just happens to be so far away that we'll never observe it. So it's just a theoretical concept, and I encourage anybody to check me on this, but they teach it as fact. The NASA website, kid-friendly facts, the Oort cloud is blah, 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 blah. So they, they make up something like the Oort cloud, and then you've got information coming from non-information, which is a very hard thing to reconcile. DNA is software coding. Where does this come from? They have no answer for it. If you guys don't know who James Tour is, research synthetic biologist James Tour and Stephen Meyer, these guys are at the cutting edge of debunking origin of life. So they go, we know we don't know where life came from, but it could have come from comets, which is what you're talking about, the octopus. And even guys like Richard Dawkins go, yeah, totally. Well, there's no God, but it could be intelligently designed. There's a famous scene from the movie Expelled where Ben Stein corners Dawkins and goes, this is a software code. And he goes, yeah, it was probably intelligent design, but it wasn't God. It was aliens. Like there's no problems with that with infinite regression. So aliens create life or alien, whatever bacteria comes to the earth also via comets. Then you start to have, uh, you know, this evolutionary process. Well, women are born with their, all of the eggs they will ever have in their ovaries at birth. How do you explain something like that? The rafting thing that you talked about, uh, there's old world monkeys that started according to their narrative in Africa, but they're also found in South America. There's a, an ocean between them. How did the rafties, uh, the rafties, how did the monkeys get from uh, Africa to South America? Uh, the, according to the official narrative, Smithsonian, uh, you know, Nature Magazine, whatever, they rafted, the monkeys rafted on vegetation. How long does that take? Uh, 30 days? What are they eating? What are they drinking? How did the monkeys get over there? They believe this kind of thing. The octopus coming from space. There's a, there's a theory called cosmic biology. Uh, Fred uh, Hoyle, who was big, uh, implicit in the, the Big Bang, um, the, the science behind the Big Bang, he, um, he, he promoted this idea of called cosmic biology, where uh, life comes from the, the Earth uh, via comets. Well, that's simple life, but this uh, group of scientists, if you guys want to look up the Cosmic Origin of Life paper that was just released fairly recently, 
the cephalopods, the octopuses are so advanced. They have three brains and eight hearts and they can shape shift and they're chameleons and they have camera, uh, uh, you know, eyes that uh, unbelievable zooming capacity and folks ability. There's no way to explain this. So they just uh, posit in the paper that the octopuses come from uh, space again in a comet. And how do the octopuses get from this planet to the earth? Does the, does the the planet explode and the octopuses fly off the planet and come across uh, you know the universe in the nearest uh, habitable planet exoplanet is four uh, light years away which would take them seventy thousand years at some sort of terrestrial speed so these octopuses are frozen in a comet and they hit the earth like the point is it, their fairy tale there's a really hot thing that atheists love to say which is that we believe in a fairy tale book when it's actually a history book and we believe in the sky daddy. Well, if they accuse you of believing in a fairy tale, you wait till you really look into, you can see my TikTok videos, the fairy tale they believe in. It is, it's insane. Rafting monkeys, octopuses coming from space, information coming from non-information, you know, uh, whales ending up on the top of Everest, but it certainly wasn't a flood, you know, uh, catastrophism. We see giant flooding everywhere in the world, but there certainly wasn't a flood. How did the fossil record happen? You know, ra- uh, fossils have to be rapidly buried. So they teach that the the rivers swole and every fossil we have is just from, you know, overtopped rivers. They just, they have a whole thing because the truth is we run, we, we hit a threshold of information that we know. Uh, we know that civilization started about 3,100 years ago in Mesopotamia, exactly where the Bible said, exactly when the Bible said. Uh, before that, we're looking at rocks, we're looking at bones, we don't know. But their bias, their presupposition is that we can, the, the Bible isn't real. In order for evolution to work, you have to have billions of years, hundreds and hundreds of millions of years. In order for planets to form and become perfectly spherical and have all of the attributes they have, you have to have millions and millions of years, billions of years even. And so they come at it interpreting the data to uh, defend the secular idea and they need deep time. That's their hero. And uh, meanwhile, they tell you that you're, uh, you know, you believing in a creator, you don't understand science. You know, you, 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 you're superstitious. Carl Sagan was big on this. Lawrence Krauss says, forget, uh, forget Jesus, the stars died so you could live. You know, there's a very strong, very uh, vocal group of, of these scientists forcing you to believe that if you believe in God, it's ridiculous. Meanwhile, their science is good and their science is, I would say, preposterous. I totally agree on the preposterous part. I'll tell you, that's for sure. And I think you've done an amazing job of, of just debunking so much of this because the narratives they develop are strong, they're vocal, and they get basically waves of people pushing them with the with a very uh, convincing point of telling you that it's basically this way or there is no other way, which creates obviously an, an overwhelming sense for people to have to challenge and prove that it's true. Again, I go back to what you said at the beginning, which as you were blessed with those words, to have them put science to prove the Bible's wrong. That's one of the great inversions here, Yeah, is that we have assumed their narrative by saying, well, we're on the defense and we have to prove that the Bible's right rather than have them prove that the Bible's wrong. Another great inversion, what they all do, right? I love that you said inversion because I call it anti-truth, but uh, you know we know the devil is the father of lies and misinformation, and um, he's. Uh, I I think that uh, the devil and his, uh, this is a joke, but the devil and his cronies were in a board meeting and they were saying, you know, what are we going to teach these people about uh, how we got here? Because we've got to get rid of God. And somebody, you know, pauses to, hey, what about the universe exploding? Somebody in the room is like, no, they're never going to believe that. And the devil's like, watch me, hold my beer. And then it's like. Well, you know, they're made. These are the sons of Adam. I mean, these people know they've they've traced the DNA. I believe that they've 
probably synced us back literally to Adam and Eve. Um, but they go, you know, they're going to think that they're from Adam and Eve. Well, what if we make them believe they're monkeys? And they're like, eh, they're never going to believe that. It's like, watch me, hold my beer. And if and it, what's it's crazy about this is uh, we, we at a guttural level, unfortunately, believe that we are just animals, highly mutated, highly advanced animals. But think of the implications of that about, uh, you know, I made a video on Dahmer. That was a really hot thing that was going on. Everybody talking about Dahmer's accepting Jesus. Not many people know this, but Dahmer came out and he said, uh, I was just doing what I was doing because I thought I was an animal in a meaningless universe. Why, why does it matter? I mean, the, 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 the survival of the fittest narrative would, I mean, Darwin, uh, sorry, uh, Dahmer wins, right? He was the most fit. He did the worst things ever, but what's to stop him from doing this? He's just an animal in a meaningless universe. I mean, would a monkey think that that was wrong? No, of course not. So you get this idea that um, you're just an animal. You know, there's that one song, you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. Let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. It promotes promiscuity. Uh, this is very controversial, but it actually promotes racism and slavery. Um, if you look at Darwin in his book, The uh, Descent of Man, he specifically says that the white Europeans uh, are the height of evolution and that um, you know these uh, aboriginals and the Africans uh, are, are subhuman, basically. And that in his book, he says that over time, we were going to vanquish them as the lesser species. That, you know, he was related to Galton. Galton was a eugenicist. You know, we know how terrible eugenics was. Um, you know, the, this idea that they that they are less than human. You know, really kind of promoted. You know, even slavery and this idea that like you know whether we we are the height of the food uh, chain or whatever. You know, Hitler was into this. Uh, you know, he thought he was doing evolution a favor by culling the weak or whatever. So it's it's very it's a very um, non-intuitive, um, very antithetical to what Jesus said system. And as I say this, you know, I know we've got uh, people who question the system or whatever, but there's people listening to this going, this guy's lost his marbles. We know evolution is true because of the way it was presented to us. And, and the system is so effective. It goes like this. As a child, uh, instead of being the creative genius that you are, I think something like 85% of all five-year-olds uh, test out as a creative geniuses. And every year in this system, the education system, that number lessens. So you go to school and, you know, these kids, they want to play and spar and figure out where reality is. But no, you sit in a, a classroom and you look forward at who? The authority. And what do you do? You listen to everything they say. You temporarily uh, ingest the information. And the more accurately you regurgitate it back to them, the better grades you get. This is neurolinguistic programming. This is how dogs get treats. So now, not about thinking, but consuming the information from the authority and spitting it back. And the person who gets better grades gets a scholarship. The person who gets better grades gets a scholarship and ends up being the professor. And so you end up with this feedback loop of regurgitating the official narrative. And I do this kind of, um, it's kind of a joke bit on my live show, but Darwin, uh, if you are an adherent to Darwin, okay, he, he broke the scientific paradigm at that point. Everybody believed that we were in a created order. He comes up with his idea. Uh, if he were alive today, I'm very confident that he would say, okay, almost like in the movie Idiocracy, you know, they, they unfreeze him, whatever. And they go, show, show me the data. What do you got? Let me see the fossils. And they're like, eh, we don't really have a lot of fossils. We don't really have any fossils. Uh, okay, what else do you have? And, well, we don't. It's like, well, this doesn't look good for my theory. What did you learn that maybe surprised me? Well, we learned about um, DNA. How does DNA work? And I think Darwin would have been like, so I was wrong. Great. What else did you guys figure out? And they would go, um, well, no, Mr. Darwin, we never questioned you. <laughs> you're, you're like, we, we serve you. Like, And he would go, you're a bad scientist. Like, what does the actual data say? Okay, the data is saying that 
this is a, a designed order um, that we're not animals. And, and if you believed this, if you believed that you were made in the image of God and that you could control your health and you know all these different kinds of things by what you thought, you wouldn't be dependent on the medical system. You know, we all have to have full coverage health insurance. And you have to, and I'm not decrying the medical, we have great critical care in particular, but if anybody's dealt with digestive issues, autoimmunity or whatever, you find out how little they actually know. But if you believed that, you know, you, you, uh, you could be healthy, like what Jesus had said, and, and you believed that you were uh, not just this uh, meaningless thing in a meaningless universe, I think it would really change uh, how you perceive this reality. But, it, but the people in charge through academia, through the Nobel laureates, and through this, uh, you know, feedback loop of, of scientism, They've just promoted this idea and ingrained it into, I think it might've been Hitler or somebody that said that, um, you know, you could say a lie enough times where they believe it. And now something like 85% of the people in this country uh, believe in the theory of evolution. And look, it could have happened. There's a lot of theistic evolutionists. If there is evolution, I assure you it had to be at the hand of a creator. But, you know, we've gone through this paradigm shift in the last couple of years where people are, uh, I'd say that they've lost a lot of confidence in the trust the science movement. You know, this whole, like, you will trust the science so it amazes me that a lot of people go, you know, well, I, Fauci, it turns out maybe we shouldn't have been trusting that, but we can trust Lawrence Krauss or we can trust Bill Nye or we can trust uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like the same kind of information, uh, you will believe this. We are right. You can't question us. You know, the truth encourages transparency, uh, inquisition. So if they have the truth, let me see the data. You know, uh, let's actually look at this. Let's be able to be critical of it. But as a young earth-ish creationist, and an apologist on TikTok talking to thousands of people a week, I can assure you that I am in the minority and that if you say you believe that the reality was created by God and it might be younger, the flood might have happened, these kind of things, you're going to immediately be booed off the stage. Uh, and look, it's good to question things and it's good to trust the word. So I don't remember if that was a question you had, but there's that. Oh, no, it's good. And this is all, I mean, ultimately, when you start to speak truth, and I'll even say this within the community of the church, when you start to speak the truth, and I'm going to give you two verses, when you really embrace these two verses, you're going to be proclaimed as heretic. And here they go. One is Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. And then John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. When you walk into, into an environment, whether it's a church or others that are even, even a little bit familiar with Scripture, if they're not understanding the magnitude of who we are in the relationship through, to Jesus and to God, those verses are just verses. Right. But if you're going to read those as they are, red letter language, by the way, mm -hmm. then what you're really hearing is the true nature of what we are and what our authorities are in this world. And that fits with everything you've been saying here. I, could, I couldn't agree more. Um, and we have to be careful because I think this has been kind of one of the themes uh, today is, is, okay, we're starting to understand what this reality is. That doesn't mean you need to focus on material wealth uh, and power and uh, getting Right. Jesus actually said the opposite of that. He said, don't store up treasures for yourself here on the earth that moth uh, corrupt and, and, you know, rust and moth doth corrupt. Uh, and he was serious. You know, every when he said that back then, everything that everybody owned is gone. Um, you know, he was telling the truth. Obviously, uh, Jesus did promote uh, like minimalism, 
this idea of, of lowering your overhead because the higher this overhead is, the more debt obligation you have for the system, the more you consent to this thing that's going on. And what's really hard about it is, um, you know, we have a system basically that uh, from the schooling, you know, we even have parents going, well, my kid can read at a fifth grade level. And, you know, he's got a bit like very excited about how educated their children are. And they might actually just actually, especially what's going on now, be just uh, being indoctrinated. But you have this idea that, you know, the more you get and the more uh, power you amass, uh, the, the more strength you have, whatever the survival of the fittest. But Jesus was talking about something really radical and talking about serving the living God and focusing on God. And he was, he was against the system, which one of the things I love about him, uh, he was a contrarian, you know, he opposed the religious system, the political system, uh, the economic system. Um, and they wanted him dead for it, right? There's nothing new under the sun, but he also stressed this idea of not making this reality about getting things, um, but focusing on God. But I totally agree with, um, the, uh, if, if we understood our potential, I say we were suffering from amnesia, uh, the system would be in trouble and the, the system needs us to sell our birthright uh, for this bowl of soup and to believe a lie about who we are and what this reality is in order to keep us inert and keep us in this position. And unfortunately, the devil's really good at this control of information because, uh, you know, I uh, guarantee there's going to be people that hear this tonight that are, that are Christians that are going, uh, you know what, this is, this is too extreme for me. This is, I can't do it. And I understand, like, have your heart to God, have your heart to Jesus, make him your king, take everything that I say to the Holy Spirit. Um, but understanding that, uh, you know, the state isn't our God and that science hasn't disproven God and that we are in this reality where what we believe matters would be a huge step in trying to reverse this craziness that's going on in the world. And so if you're a parent uh, and you can homeschool your child, um, if, if you can you know, try to break some of these traditions, you know, this thing is a well-oiled machine. And uh, if you, if you research, you know, John Rockefeller and the creation of the general education board and, you know, compulsory education and them taking the Prussian system, they needed employees. They needed widget makers. Uh, it was the industrial revolution. They had a lot of products to sell, but not a lot of people to make them. So they took the children out of the farm uh, from the agrarian life and, and uh, you know, started indoctrinating them through education. And what you have now is like the fifth or so generation from this. And at one point it was like, um, I don't want the state to, to raise my child and teach my child. We have a good thing going here and people opposed it. And now it's like, I'm going to educate my child and the system, like the people go, you can't do that. You can't raise your child. Who are you? You can't teach your child this or that. Well, if we start teaching our children uh, and we start teaching them that we can trust scripture and start to understand, you know, who we are and withdraw consent to whatever level we're able to, I think that's a big step in going, uh, you know, trying to reverse this thing. And, you know, people want to fix it politically. I, I vote for this guy. I vote for that guy. I do this. It's going to change. I'm sorry, guys. Um, this system has is, is, is very effective and uh, we're not going to vote our way out of it. Uh, what does God say? If my people who are called by my name repent, uh, I can heal their land. That's the focus, right? Sure. You get a guy in, he may or may not be a Christian. You know, a lot of our founding fathers were actually deists. They weren't Christians. So they, 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 they like to appear to be Christian for their constituency, but a lot of them weren't necessarily Christians. And a lot of them made that agreement with the devil. I mean, Ben Franklin was in the hellfire club. This isn't a new thing that's going on, you guys. And, and we wake up by, by recalibrating to God, trusting scripture, and then let God guide you. We all have something that we need to be doing and we can't do it because we're just wrapped up in this, what you call Babylonian system. That's absolutely right. So look, tell us where 
everyone can find you and follow your work? So we uh, we're really focused, hyper focused on TikTok. Um, you know, YouTube is a is a search engine, and uh, the Bible is real, and you can trust the Bible and apologetics and all these things don't exactly hit the uh, algorithm of YouTube. So uh, rather than trying to um, you know go kind of the old route, we decided to get in uh, focused on TikTok full time. Uh, the reach, you know, that's where you found us. Um, the, the, the viewership that we've had, uh, I think we're over 30 million views between different platforms. That might even be a conservative number. Uh, the ability to do these live, uh, interactions and debates is, is, is a big part of what we're doing too. So TikTok is the focus voice of reasons, official Two, voice of reasons with an S official Two. Uh, our website is voice of reasons, official.com. Uh, on that, we have uh, you know, updates, different podcasts and stuff that we're on and links to various uh, other platforms. We are uh, trying to get into Zuckerberg's, uh, Zuckerberg's pocket into Facebook, which is kind of funny. They're actually paying us on Facebook, which is like one of my favorite things ever. Um, but uh, yeah, so find us on uh, TikTok. Uh, you can reach me um, through the uh, inquiry page uh, of the website if you're interested in that. Um, and that's the focus right now. It's where you can find us. Well, we're going to definitely have you back on. I want, I'm thinking some notes and I just really want to dig into in a greater depth in, in an upcoming show. We really can walk into a lot of uh, the quantum, the string theory, the, the uh, whole concept about being interconnected and a lot of that. So we'll look forward to that. We always close with a prayer. And if that's okay with you, I'll, I'll lead a prayer. Oh, amen. Oh, please. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. Father God, we just want to thank you today for this amazing meeting. And the timing of this is as profound as, as you always, as it always is, you, things are provided in a proper, appropriate time and place. And as you know, as the walk has been increasingly towards the principles of understanding the our our purpose here, understanding our our need to separate from this Babylonian system, we arrive at a voice here, Luke, who provides some unbelievable insight with some fantastic research. And so we pray for Luke and all that he's doing and, and he and his wife to bless them with this continued research to continue to open the eyes of the many. As he says, the, the calling of those that are essentially unskilled or unprepared to step into these places to lead effectively, Father, as you are doing to rebuild the church and in what it, the true state of what is it what it is to be. So we just pray for the continued success of all that Luke is doing in his reach with VOR and to continue to reach into these places where people have disbelieved or have been convinced not to believe in scripture, to open their hearts and open their minds to the glory and, and beauty of the history of what has been provided in, in the book and the Holy Bible and all the greater knowledge of what our mission is here, who we are in our true nature and what it is for us to truly live in kingdom. We say these things in Christ Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Uh, any chance I could add on? Absolutely, please. All right. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for this opportunity to talk to my brother, Scott. Uh, thank you, Father God, for blessing his ministry, for what he's doing. Lord God, thank you for uh, protecting him, sending him a hedge of angels. Lord God, uh, blessing the work of his hands, uh, giving him wisdom as to who he should be speaking with uh, and, and what directions he should be focusing his attention. I pray for him. Uh, I pray for his viewers, Father God. Thank you for this time. What a beautiful time to be alive. Lord God, you called us here to be alive for this time. Father God, I ask that you guide us. 
that we would follow the man that we claim to follow, that we would follow Jesus and that we would represent him, Lord God. So many people are uh, sullied uh, to Christianity because of the dumb things that we've done. Uh, and Jesus didn't do those things. Jesus, he didn't judge anybody. He, he fixed everybody. He came to the broken. His, what he taught us is what we need, Lord God. He is the salve. He is the word made flesh. So thank you, Jesus, for helping us to really know how to serve you, uh, how to represent you. Uh, being a Christian is a big deal. And especially in this time, Lord God, there's so many people disenfranchised with you. I know it grieves your heart, Father God. Please guide us all uh, to help us bring people to you. Please give us wisdom. Uh, Jesus had the most confounding wisdom to the system when he was here. Lord God, give us that wisdom. Let us uh, be your voices. Let us represent you, Lord God. Uh, please guide these people. Uh, they have children. They have health issues. Uh, we need you, God, and and we we lost you uh, largely, Lord God. So thank you for helping us to know you again in a critical way. You are the living God. You are the living God, and and you are you are God of your word, and we can trust your word, Lord God. Show us these these things in your word. I know you speak to us in your word. We always get scripture specific to the thing that we're going through. It's this amazing book with, uh, with your word and and how brilliant your mind is, Lord God. Let us know your word. Uh, guide these people as far as who they go to uh, to understand you, uh, to understand you, Lord. Help these people to know that um, they can come to you and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Uh, please guide these people in their walk. Please protect them in their finances and in their health, Lord God. Help them to be the kind of parents you want them to be. Uh, and and we're honored to serve you, Lord God. Thank you for blessing and protecting us and being so good. We praise you in the name of Yeshua Jesus. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. I'll tell you, I really have enjoyed this, and the timeliness of this is purely the way God works. Amen. Um, just the the things that you have, and and you don't know this, but I'm saying even some of the things you were specifically referencing today, I had a call earlier with a very good pastor friend of mine, Um Pastor Brad Cummings, in fact, and he and I did a four-part series. I mentioned that to you at the beginning last week, and we were talking about some of the specific things that you brought in here today. That's the way wow. God works. It's just Praise amazing. God. Right. Now that we have like a, a network of Christians that uh, really are just focused on serving Jesus, we you know we've got a Discord and we different ways to connect with with individuals like yourself. I've watched the Holy Spirit give people confirmations of Scripture and like what you said. It's uh, it's. It's like um, the devil is really upping his game and God is countering. And I, I encourage everybody, he's the living God. He's the living God and he's working and he's interested in you and he loves you. And he needs us right now to, 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 to be what, you know, what Jesus told us to be, to not just be religious and uh, you know, think that we go to church on Sunday, everything's good. It's everything we do. It's how we're employees. Uh, it's how we're parents. It's how we're children. So uh, really people, the closer you draw to him, the more you're going to see these confirmations, the more you're going to see uh, him love on you and confirm that he's there. Uh, he's a good God. And I know he's been an elective for a long time, but we have to change that. And we, we really do. I talk about this so much and it's so refreshing to have you just bring it here, which is we have to build that intimate two-way conversation, loving, breathing, living relationship with him. Amen. Because once we do, it is it, it's transformational to the degree that it's almost beyond words because once you've walked into that space, you're like, uh, yeah, man, I'm like, I'm not wanting ever to leave it. It's so cool. Right. Right. And, uh, not, I'm uh, not to overstate what, what we're doing, but when God put this on our heart, uh, it was uh, my wife in particular, 
her faith just uh, really drove us. And it, you know, uh, not, not everybody has this kind of calling, but we all have something going on. And uh, when you when you just when you just decide that you're taking God seriously and you're going to trust Him and not your 401k and not your medical insurance and not your whatever, you you trust God. He can do these kind of radical things with you, and and we need it right now. Uh, I'm telling you guys that the church, we are the church, number one. We are the church. You can go to church if you feel led to, but we, us talking right now, believers in Christ, we're the body. We are the church. Um, but we've, by going to uh, just kind of church and you know being kind of worldly people, we've a little bit missed out on this potential that God has for us. So I don't know what it is that God is calling you to do. It's different for each one of us. Maybe it's support. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's whatever, but it's time to uh, take God seriously and make him a bigger priority than the things of this world. And this is what Jesus talked about. Je- Every word Jesus said, you said red letter earlier, uh, is 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 deep on a level that we just you read it again, read it again, and you're going to find more and more information. And we we have to we have to we have to choose him over the world. And he says that he says that we have to choose him over the world. So choose him over the world. Start just in prayer. Start in your you know open up your heart to God. What what are you having me do? You know what do you need me to do? Uh, and uh, in our situation, case uh, you know just a proof of concept, we had no idea what God was going to do. I thought I was going to uh, make a conspiracy channel. He had a different plan. But once you in faith kind of hand it over to him. He can do something awesome and lean not on your own understanding. Yeah, oh, that's so good. Well, look, it's been awesome having you on, definitely having you back and not too far out either. I'm going to have Hannah reach out to you and just kind of get this thing set up because I really want to dig into a long show. We'll do a multi-part and um, we'll just dig into some of these great concepts and you can just go and we'll have a great time. Awesome. I, I can't wait, brother. I appreciate you having me on. You bet. Look, have a blessed day, man. God bless you and your wife. We'll talk soon. You too. Well, Patriots, that was Luke from Voice of Reasons. His TikTok is Voice of Reasons Official 2. Voice of Reasons Official 2. Do follow him. He's got uh, 388 following, 237,000.9 followers. And that's current, I guess. And then uh, 2 million likes. He's a force, and that's not like the force will be with you. I mean, he's a force to contend with. Tearing apart and shredding science as a fake cult that it is. I'll tell you, when you have, uh, in this path, I get to talk to a lot of people, as you know, and I'm blessed with that. I'm blessed to meet and talk to a lot of people, and there's with that, there's always those that just stand out, and to me, they stand out almost like a beacon put on them uh, as God just lights them up, and Luke is one of those. And it was interesting because once I came across this stuff, it was like we had to get him on. And so also great work from Hannah, uh, you know, is uh, the official Bards Nation assistant for me. She just did a great job of making that connection happen, and many thanks again to Luke. Do follow him. Great stuff. We'll have him back on. We'll get into some deep discussions and unleash the power of the Holy Spirit to wage war as we need to, which is all good. Patriots, the biggest thing about all this, I hope you hear, and I'm seeing a lot of great comments in chat, is the absolute need to pursue the living, loving, breathing, conversational relationship with Jesus and Father God. I don't care what you are told or what you believe, it's there. And all you have to do is 
begin by asking and then just speaking into it. Empty your heart, repent, do those things that are necessary as we walk humbly in life, pursue the truth, trust truly in the power of Father God and the Holy Spirit, and let him lead you in all things. I I can't stress that enough. It's unbelievable, and it's like once you're there, you only want to go deeper. And for those that are walking there, go deeper. It's great, and we know what we're talking about. So that's what we're here for in the end of the day is to help each other walk that beautiful walk and um, get to know our Father in the most deepest and personal way. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we're here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, This country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.